Welcome to the Backdrop Untold Stories in Golf. I'm your host and co-founder of New Club Golf Society, Matt Considine. Here at New Club, we know that running events is no simple affair. Vendors, venues, sponsors, media, course partners, and participants, it's a symphony. And when it all comes together, it makes some sweet, beautiful golf music. Now imagine what that symphony looks like when you operate a global professional golf tour. Alex Baldwin is president of the Corn Ferry Tour and has nearly 30 years of experience in the sports industry. She joins us today as a very special guest on The Backdrop. Today's episode of The Backdrop would not be possible without our friends and partners from Golf Blueprint, Journeyman Distillery, True Temper, and this week's NV5 Invitational. The NV5 Invitational presented by Old National Bank will return to the Glen Club in Glenview, Illinois on May 22nd through 29th. This Corn Ferry Tour event features golf's future stars competing for a spot on the PGA Tour. On this show, Alex speaks to that life-changing circumstance, and I think one of the best parts of attending an event is being able to see these incredible golfers up close and personal while they take on that ultimate dream of a PGA Tour card. The NV5 Invitational is simply where you go to see who's coming next. All proceeds will benefit the Evans Scholars Foundation and deserving youth caddies. To purchase tickets, volunteer, or find more information, visit nv5invitational.com. Reminder for our members out there, it's event season. The Hangout, our annual gathering at the Community Golf Course Canal Shores in Evanston, Illinois, is coming up next week as well. And last I checked, there's a few spots left. In June, we have two of my personal faves, the Hooch at Macklemore Club in Georgia and the Rumble at Eagle Springs in Eagle, Wisconsin. Those two events will be absolute bangers with incredibly fun formats. Believe me when I tell you, you won't want to miss. Now, without further ado, on to the show. Alex Baldwin, welcome to The Backdrop. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Really, really appreciate the opportunity, Matt. It is an honor to be with you. Now, I uh, know you're entering your fourth year at the helm of, of the Corn Ferry Tour. So do you feel like, like a senior now? You were a freshman back in 2019. Do you feel like you're at, you got that junior year under your belt? Now you know, know everything that's going on? Uh, getting there. Uh, there are so many intricacies to this business. Uh, I, I don't know that I'm, I'm quite yet a senior yet. It's, uh, it, and it's been some unique circumstances uh, that we've been working through. So no two years have, or no two seasons have been alike. Let's, let's just say. Uh, that, it, yeah, you, you take over in 2019, right? I mean, taking over anything in 2019, you have probably a vision of what things will be. It didn't really pan out exactly that way. Uh, tell well, us a little about that. Yeah. So it was interesting. I came, um, I started the job in February of 2019. At the time we were the web.com tour champ, excuse me, the web.com tour. And, um, we had an opportunity. We, we had some outreach, um, from corn Ferry at the time and interested in learning more. And, um, they felt like the tour in particular aligned really uniquely with what they do. And so, um, I think I took on the job on February 4th and was in a meeting with corn Ferry by February. February 16th. So here I am sort of 12 days later, you know, engaging with who will be our umbrella sponsor. Um, and we ended up coming to terms almost, I would say 60 days later. And we ended up doing a complete 
complete transformation of our brand um, by June of 2019. So it was that in and of itself was just an incredible feat and was one of the quickest turnarounds that we've ever seen in terms of a partnership. Um, and so we were kind of on this like real high, right? We had brought on this new corporate partner, umbrella sponsor. Um, the alignment with their brand and their purpose was just, you know, couldn't have been more perfect. And, you know, kicked off January, we had worked really hard to sort of get to a, a milestone of 28 tournaments for 2020, kicked things off in Latin America. We had, you know, arguably some of our best events to start the year. And um, all of a sudden, you know, the world ended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and and for you guys, I mean, it's it's because uh, we've had many players on this this podcast, and um, you know, for those individuals, I, there's one thing running the business, and uh, you have employees to worry about. But these players that were, um, you know, chasing that dream and had everything scoped out, and, and you know, what what was the conversation like with them to to get back in in business to get things going again? How, how did you guys address them, and and what was that like? It was heavy. I mean, it was really heavy. So keep in mind, these are independent contractors, right? We're a membership organization, but these players earn, um, you know, they're, they're living on the golf course and needed tournaments in order to do that. So the reality of a work stoppage for us was, was heavy. And we had communities that we were so much uncertainty um, and, uh, it, it, it took a, a pretty significant mobilization of people um, and thinking and creativity and just commitment. Um, the loyalty and commitment we've seen from our communities was absolutely unprecedented. Um, we stayed very engaged with our players. We have a player advisory council. I think we had somewhere between, you know, something like nine to 10 meetings in the course of a six month span, which for us was you know, was, was unprecedented. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm really proud of, of how everyone, the team, how the players, how our tournaments stepped up and it proved to be such an amazing renaissance for the game of golf, um, which was, which has been a, a great, you know, certainly a great ride. Um, but again, part of who we are is serving others, right. At the core of who, you know, the PGA tour is, um, and, and every market and every community we go to, we had opportunities to obviously give back and, and ensure that, you know, we were able to continue to do what what we do best and you guys came out stronger than ever i mean golf did as we know but uh with the purses increasingly on the rise for kft tour and uh, so many graduates going on doing big things I and mean, we'll, we'll get to all that uh i want to talk a little bit about your, your career predating the the Trump Ferry tour because you and i got uh our, our start in golf at the same place in the same job no way I was also a lowly intern at IMG Sports. You're kidding. What year? Uh, 2000. I think I just missed you. I think I was 2005 and six. Yeah, I was 1992. So we just missed each other. (laughs) Just barely. I was trying to say. But but you you worked there for a long time, too. And I think that's where I just missed you. But um, wait, what department were you in? I was golf events which those that have attended our golf events will laugh because it's not necessarily my skill strength of organization. Um, but I worked for Jason Susie in the golf event side okay. and moved around, did the women's world match play. 
um, HSBC corporate sponsor okay. stuff. I was mostly bunting fences and running coffees. That's what I was That's doing. What, fine. what was your intern life like? Oh, wow. I was in the internal audit department. The, so, where every intern wants to. Absolutely. It's the springboard for future leaders. No question. Um, I was a political science major at Bates College, and I had just kind of an inkling that I really wanted to be in the sports industry. And in high school, I had the opportunity to work at what was the Volvo International Tennis Tournament in New Haven back in the late 80s. Um, it was... It was a, a men's tennis tournament and I was really intrigued by it and I applied for a job and I ended up being part of their inside sales team. So I was, you know, in a tank with a bunch of other kids and we were just dialing for dollars and I kind of had a taste for the business and the live events scene and to your point, right, like working late hours, being part of something really different. Um, and so by the time I got to college, I was like, you know what? I know I want to have an internship, right? I want to work. And I, you know, wrote letters to just every possible organization you can think of. And IMG kind of, you know, they bit. And we had, I had a couple interviews and, and I didn't get the internship at first. And I was on a mission and I just kept calling. I kept calling. I said, is there, you know, any opportunities? Are you sure? And so finally they relented and we're like, okay, fine. All we have is a position in an internal audit. And I was like, great. And um, they didn't pay me a dime. I, you know, went out to Cleveland, Ohio. I said, I'll go anywhere you want. Like, it doesn't matter. And I went out to Cleveland, Ohio. And um, this is the funny one. They ended up um, providing me housing. And I lived in Mark McCormick's house in Pepper Pike, Ohio. And Mark hadn't lived there in a decade. And it literally hadn't changed since when he lived there with his kids, like little kids. And I was like in a little kid's room, um, you know, Todd and Leslie and Breck McCormick were his, or his three kids. And so um, he never, he was there once, I want to say in the kind of two month tenure, but it was, it was, it was a crazy um, opportunity to sort of really see the inside of the sports business kind of in that early nineties. Alistair Johnston, Andy Pierce, um, you know, many kind of of kind of the future leaders that really kind of took golf through that trajectory and that that that, that those late nineties. Um, so it was incredible. It was it was an experience of a lifetime. Honestly, I wouldn't be where I am today if I did not have that opportunity. I, I uh, feel very similarly about that that place. And anyone who's interested in sports business knows. There were mavericks and people doing things uh, differently, and uh, you were there. I mean, when they were representing Tiger, EJ, and Kerr, and Duval. I mean, so David that Duval, Annika. I mean, it. Marco Mira. Um, there are milestones in kind of golf history that I vividly remember. We had a Monday morning meeting and it's interesting. I think um, Hughes Norton was on the No Laying Up podcast with um, Solly and was talking a little bit about it. And every Monday morning we would meet and it was, it was amazing. And it was literally that, that was by the time I had joined the golf division was sort of later in, in 90, I was there from 97 um, to 2003 three 2004 so i had a 10 year tenure at img from 1994 to 2004 um but you know really being part of that run what i learned what i saw what i experienced i mean it was um i wouldn't change it for the world i really wouldn't yeah. um i like get back to oh well one quick thing is you did end as a sports agent right representing players 
for those of us that dreamt about it younger, can you tell us, is it Jerry Maguire? Is it everything in, in the movie or totally it's It's incredible. I will, I will say the relationships I forged in that time are still some of the closest friends I have and some of, um, you know, the strongest relationships um, I've, I, I have in my, you know, not just career, but personally. Um, it is, it's, it's complicated. You know, you are a confidant, you are a support, you're a sounding board, but you are also, you know, someone who has, you know, expectations, right, are placed on agents in terms of kind of that business strategy, that deal making, that brand building. It's become a lot more sophisticated today, um, but, you know, they're, they're, you're managing people through so many different stages of their career, um, from the struggles to the triumphs, right? And so at every point, you're always, you, you do, you feel, I, I am, I have just really just an enormous amount of empathy. Um, and I, I, I feel just such a commitment and obligation and I really care. And so for me, it was a lot, I would say emotionally, I just wanted to do so much for these players and, and through the darkest days, it was always so hard to, um, you know, to, to be that support. Um, you know, I, I, I really do appreciate the role. Um, I think it's, there's a lot of people in the mix. It's not just, you and the player, there's parents, there's spouses, there's girlfriends, there's boyfriends, and some of them come and go. <laughs> and some of them have, you know, unique influences. Um, so it is, it's, it's an amazing opportunity. I think it, it gives you such unique perspective, especially in golf. Um, I've had opportunities. I've caddied Q school. I've, you know, got, traveled across the world. I love to cook. Um, and so Annika and, and Laura Diaz and Lori Kane, you know, some of the LPGA tour players, I remember being at an open at the British open, the women's British, um, I can't remember what year it was, but we, we'd rented a house and we were cooking and we just, it was amazing. It was Suzanne Patterson. It was just, it was just a level of camaraderie and relationships that I think was um, was a lot of fun um, and had had a lot of challenges. It's hard. It's a hard job. And it, it seemed to have served you well for for this role and uh, being at the helm of the KFT KFT tour. You know, I think for for a lot of our listeners, they might. Um, they're probably fans. We have a lot of golf obsessed folks that are in our membership and listen to this pod. Uh, they're fans of the K Corn Ferry Tour, but I think they would probably, you know, always see uh, KFT Tour as the PGA Tour light or the PGA Tour, you know, building ground or the PGA Tour junior. So I think a lot of folks would assume that your job is Jay Monahan light or Jay Monahan, you know, similar roles and responsibilities. In what ways is your job very similar to that, to what Jay does on a daily basis? And what ways are, is it different? Scale, I would say, you know, we obviously we have a 26 event um, tournament schedule, you know, obviously, if you think about sort of the, the scale of the PGA Tour and just um, number of events, scale of events. Um, but, you know, from a from a function perspective, yes, you know, uh, if you think of the core elements, right, from, you know, uh, rules and competitions, you think about our tournament business affairs, our title sponsor relations, uh, agronomy, uh, communications, kind of marketing, how we market our tour. So uh, smaller scale, I would say also from a media perspective, the, the, the sophistication of the PGA Tour as a media property um, and the content side of it is just phenomenal. It's just so impressive. You know, I think we, we, we certainly strive and hope to continue to sort of build our assets from a media perspective, but um, they're, they're, that is obviously the biggest kind of um, 
difference, I would say, in terms of where we are as a tour and, and where the PGA Tour is. And, you know, again, just the global nature. Um, we do get to play internationally, which I love and I think is an important part of preparing our players. Um, but, you know, how does, again, kind of an international uh, integration or how, how, how important that is, is also kind of another piece. Yeah. And, you know, players now feel from my whatever many years watching pro golf rooting for players, they, they feel like they're winning sooner once they make that, that graduate degree. And it feels like the corn Ferry tours consistently delivering players that are winning are, are ready to win. Right. And uh, here in Chicago with the MV five invitation last couple of years, you know, winners like Will Zalatoris and Scotty Scheffler, they're not doing too bad. They're doing okay. Uh, so I wanted to, I wanted to ask you, you know, what do you credit that to? Because it, 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 it does feel like, you know, going back to the web.com days or before that, the players are just more ready. They're, they're, they're there, they're doing it. A couple things I would say from a preparatory perspective. Yes. A 100%. We are seeing younger, more um, prepared athletes coming through our system and our pathways, which is incredibly exciting. Um, I would say, you know, we, we've recently launched what is PGA Tour University. We'll have our second class that will be graduating this June. I think the collegiate ranks, you know, the NCAA collegiate golf system is very much preparing that next generation um, of player. And the 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 elevation there is, is, is clear. Um, you you know, as we look at right now, out of our, our top six players um, on our 25 uh, points list, the top six of them, the average age there is 25.5, um, right? We had Akshay who won the first event of the year. He was still 19. He was two weeks away from turning 20. Um, you know, we've got uh, Carl Yuan, who's 25. Um, you know, as you look at Trevor Werbelow, uh, 23 year old University of Arizona graduate was part of our PGA Tour University program, but also our PGA Tour Canada or the form tour. Um, so it's, it's, it's younger preparation. It's, it's it's, if you think of the top 10 um, on the OWGR, I want to say, was it, is it, is it six players or under the age of 27, right? It is, um, it is kind of what we're seeing in terms of these future athletes. Uh, you mentioned Carl Yuan and he's, oh. I, I believe he's number one in the ranking. He's, he's love bound. Uh, I love what I, I don't know him. I wanted to know a little bit what he's like because anyone that's listening, go check out his, uh, his warm-up session. I mean, he feels like one of us out there. He hits some of the craziest shots you've ever seen when he's just on the range. And then when he gets on the golf course, he has just a game that um, uh, is all his own, you know? So what, what's Carl like? He's a superstar. He is a truly just a genuinely kind, warm, wonderful human being who um, I, I couldn't be happier for his success. Um, he has secured his card. He has passed the 900 point threshold, which is sort of our fail safe number for securing the PGA Tour card. His wife, Kathy, um, they are both from China. Uh, they both went to the University of Washington. They both played golf there. She's a really good golfer in her own right. Um, he has the right balance of perspective and passion for the game and love of the game, um, work ethic, but he's also just fun, just a fun guy. And it's just stylistically so unique. 
Like, I, I just love that. There's so much personality there. Um, but there's a drive. I mean, this is a guy I, I was talking to him yesterday and I said, all right, what's your schedule look like? And he said, yeah, I think I can get it done in three weeks. And, and I was like, get, you know, and he's like, well, I've got to win two more. And then I, you know, I want to get to the beach. Right. Like, I'm like, okay, great. No problem. No. You got it. You got this. <laughs> That's awesome. The 2022 season so far, how, 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 how would you grade it uh, for the awesome. has husband? Awesome. Absolutely awesome. Uh, we, you know, what's fun. Eight of the, of the nine winners this year are first time winners. Tyson Alexander was our first defending champion um, to win uh, the same event, which, you know, just a lot of fun. You know, we've got a really good mix. We've got some of sort of the young up and comers. Obviously, I mentioned Trevor. Um, we've got Carson Young, um, who, again, first time winner. He won in his first 10 starts on the Corn Ferry Tour. Akshay, um, obviously taking that, that first event. But then we've got some, um, you know, veterans, you know, Ben on, right, has played on the PJ tour was a member of the president's cup team. Um, Brandon Harkins, uh, you know, we've got Brandon Matthews, just another, just incredible talent, um, athletic, uh, terrific story in terms of played with us, went into PJ tour, Latin America, really reestablished himself his game and has come out here on a mission. Um, just great, great talent. Um, uh, and excited to see sort of what's, what's to come with the rest of the season. What event are you uh, looking forward to? I know you're probably looking forward to a oh, lot. Oh, I love them all. I love them all. I mean, the, the card ceremonies are always incredibly special, you know, seeing that realization. It's funny. I'm like the mom, you know, crying and everyone's crying. And I see more grown men cry on the job than, <laughs> <laughs> than I think any other, um, you know, business leader. I'm, I'm, I, I laugh. I'm like, I just, we laugh, we cry. Um but that one, certainly that regular season card ceremony is, is very special. And then having the Corn Ferry Tour finals kind of come uh, to conclude the season is also kind of a, a unique moment that we get to celebrate and really see these guys off. I, I, I got to ask you about Sky Scheffler's Masters victory. So um, I was with some buddies that didn't grow up as golfers and they, they tune in very casually to professional golf. So they're going to watch the masters. They maybe are going to watch a U.S. open or a British open or the PGA or the players, but they're usually not tuned in. Right. So they're asking me questions like, who is this guy? You know, is this guy really the best in the world and all this stuff? And I'm like, yes, yes, he very much is. I've been watching him for five years now. And let me tell you, he's really good. So I think us golf nerds are like, oh yeah, Scotty Scheffler, household name. Is there for you sit watching him, you know, achieve that and get to that level. Do you kind of wish he was more of a household name earlier? And is there a conscious effort to to do that for Corn Flyer Tour players? Or is it just like, no, this is their their proven ground. They're going to get there. And when they do, everyone's going to see how good these guys really are. Um, like, tell, tell me what, what the in, inside conversations are around that. Sure, sure. For the casual fan. Yeah, no, we 100% listen. Our mission is to identify, prepare, and transition the next generation of PGA Tour stars. Okay. Um, so ensuring that Scotty is part of our system, if you will, and then preparing him, giving him the reps, not just in, you know inside the ropes, obviously competitively is the priority, but also from you know the interviews, from the autographs, from the pro-ams, right? And then be able to really sort of transition him to the PJ Tour. Um, our goal is absolutely to create that brand affinity, that fan affinity with these stars. We want people to get to know Will Zalatoris and Scotty Scheffler before 
their Will Zalatoris and Scotty Scheffler in their minds. So yes, that is, you know, work that we need to keep, you know, continue to do. We need to raise awareness. Um, and as, as the successes continue to come, you know, that's where our opportunity is to draw that link. So people realize that when there is a corn Ferry tour event in your community, this is your opportunity to see that next PGA tour star. I have enjoyed some of the new content that is coming out, or at least it's new to me. Uh, I think I'm watching it on YouTube. It's probably available on pjtour.com, but just the series focusing on, you know, who these guys are and, and a little bit more behind the scenes. I, I enjoy that. That gives me a little bit of that personality because I know how good they are. You know, I like going to the tournament when it's in town. I like going to play. I know how good they are, but then when I get to see, oh, wow, this guy you know, grew up in musical choir. Like I wouldn't have guessed that or this guy, you know, there's, sure. there's, there's things like that, that I think you guys are doing a, a great job of now. And we're doubling down. We really are. And that's, that's one of the focuses we have bolstered our content teams. Uh, we do have a docu-series that it's in, in its third year that's called One Shot Away. And it is um, sponsored by, you know, Corn Ferry. Um, there are just, you know, some, some unique challenges in our business model, or I guess in our, even our sponsor model, right? Having a corporate name kind of Corn Ferry tour. Um, I think sometimes that certainly that begs the first question, wait, so, you know, what is it? And it's funny, well, you were kind of introducing, um, I haven't sort of found the right way that I'd like to describe us. We, we, we talk about ourselves as the pathway to the PGA Tour. We talk about PGA Tour next. We talk about, you know, we're tour, we know it's that tour bound player, um, you know, developmental, uh, you know, like I, I haven't, I honestly, if any of your listeners have any suggestions, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> I haven't found the, the, what I feel is sort of really best exemplifies kind of the role we play, but for simplicity's sake, yes, we are the pathway to the PGA Tour. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll all put our own spin on it anyways, even if you yeah. come up with the perfect I know, one. <laughs> I know. I know. <sighs> um, so K I mentioned it earlier, but KFT players are playing for a lot more money these days. Yes. And um, those purses are increasing. What, what does that mean for your tour when those go up to the degree that they have? I think uh, the last two years we've seen increases and I hear that 2023 we'll see another increase. Yes. So what, what does, I know there's a lot of hard work that goes into making those purses happen. I know that from my, even my IMG days and sponsorship days, but what does that mean to the tour? What changes? Uh, this is the tour where the best players in the world come to access the PGA tour. Okay, so the, you know, reflecting and recognizing the talent, the, the level of competition and creating a prize money structure that is commensurate to that is always sort of a guiding, you know, principle. Um, the talent on this tour is just you know, off the charts. We are stacked. Uh, the 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 difference between sort of the Corn Ferry Tour player and the PGA, I mean, it is a razor thin line that separates the competitive level between um, the talent that we have um, and that's out on the PGA Tour. So it is, I think, you know, important to recognize that the PGA Tour is invested in the future. And this is sort of our, again, this is our pathway and this is the opportunity that we're excited to provide. Um, and, you know, the avenues that, that it, 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 again, it is, it's, it's prize money is a big part of it, but I will tell you that the team that we have and the family that we have on this tour, um, there is just so much heart and there is so much soul. We care so much about these guys. We know we play a unique role 
um, in their journey. And it's funny. It's like, I, 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 I love them and I, you know, I, I root for them and I never want to see them again. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> if I do my job and we all do our jobs correctly, right. These guys will go on and they'll do great things. And, um, less defending but, champs, less defending champs. Correct. <laughs> yes. Go. You know, I, I'm, I'm the mom at the kindergarten drop off and they're not really crying. Believe me, I'm the one who's crying and I wave goodbye. And I remember that moment. And that when, you know, Scotty's putting that green jacket on, on Sunday, I, I know, and I know my team, we just have that moment where it's like, we did it right. We fulfilled kind of that commitment we made. I'm, uh, as folks listening know, uh, a resident golf dork. I, I check the leaderboards on pretty much all tours a handful of times a week. Um, but I probably don't watch as much live golf anymore on the, on the, um, uh, you know, development tours, definitely the weekend I, I get going with PGA tour and the LPGA tour. I'll, I'll turn it on the background, but I was, I was curious from the, the live golf perspective, what's happening in your world, because I, we've heard a lot of the announcements yeah. on the PGA tour. What, what, what's, what's, uh, the development side of, of the live golf. So we have six events that are on the golf channel, but one of the big challenges I had with the team is we need to sort of bridge the gap, right? When we're not on the golf channel, we need to try and deliver as much live golf as we possibly can. So in addition to sort of really doubling down on the content teams and hiring more people, um, we've also been granted the opportunity to have 72nd hole coverage of the winners coming down the stretch. So our team is able to sort of, as we see the leaders come down the last couple holes, we'll pick up play and we'll have an on-site, you know, we'll, we'll be able to broadcast from every tournament as the leaders come in um, to those few last few holes, which is really exciting. It's being able to capture that moment and put it and have it become part of that library and that bank of content so that when they do go on um, to, you know, perform well at majors, to win tournaments, to take home those season ending awards, we have kind of the archives of that footage to be able um, to, to reflect back on. But again, another great opportunity for our fans to, to connect um, and follow our guys and build that, that fan affinity. And where, where does the 72nd hole live stream? It is streamed on Twitter. Twitter. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I got to get my Twitter game up then. That's there uh, you do. Are you a Monday qualifying follower person? Like, do you keep track of those? A little bit, just the updates. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Monday, Mondays get busy, so maybe not as much anymore, okay. but, uh, okay. but yeah, it's become a weekend hobby, just kind of watching golf, which it used to be, it used to be much more, more active. I think just more life stuff there than my golfdom and my fandom, but, um, yeah, there's, uh, another thought I had around player advisory council. You mentioned that, okay. and I've heard the term and I, and I have never really understood what, how how it works. So you get, is, t tell us a little bit about the player advisory council. Are people nominated? Do they have to self-nominate? Once they get there, is it totally they're democratic? Elected. They're so like, they're okay. elected and they represent the different categories of eligibility. Um, and they serve a one-year term. Uh, and it is really a critical kind of, you know, I, I couldn't do my job without them. 
they become there's a, there's a chairman that is elected by the pack, uh, and those folks really become my sounding boards. Uh, they become kind of the immediate uh, group that I consult with, that I talk to, you know, pretty regularly, um, and really share sort of kind of strategic direction and and try to get a pulse on sort of what is um, what are the challenges out there, where are the areas that we need to be focused. Kind of they're my my first line. And is is it uh, very similar to what the PGA Tours yes. Player Council is yes. and set up? Correct. Uh, yeah. Yes, ours is a thirteen member uh, Player Advisory Council, and PGA Tours is sixteen, I believe. Very I nice. might have to take out my rags to confirm all that. <laughs> we won't go. We won't go through the the bylaws. Okay. No, yeah. we won't Oof. go through the bylaws. Always had the regs book. Always had the regs book. We don't have that much time on this show. But uh, <laughs> one thing I, I I have to ask you because I've had so many. Um, leaders in the golf industry on this show. I've had many in, in the sports business and it the percentage of, of female leaders to male follow very much. So I think the golf demographics in, in a lot of ways, and we all know uh, our, a big mission for what we do at new club is trying to increase that percentage for our female membership, not just from a membership standpoint, but from a, a participation standpoint and engagement standpoint. And so having a, a, a leader like yourself, uh, a female, one of the only, I think, the first female president of a of a global tour, um, you know, running the show. I just wanted to ask you the significance of that for you personally, and what uh, what that's meant for you, and what you hope it means maybe to others. I am so lucky that I get to do what I love. I mean, I, I absolutely love my job. Um, I love working with people, and I love kind of people helping people on their journey. And um, if I can provide kind of that that inspiration point, if I can be that person that can help listen um, and have sort of a relatable story um, to give people just kind of a, a reflection point, uh, we're all so hard on ourselves. Life is life can be challenging. Things are complicated. Um, I'm, I'm a big proponent of just being you know inclusive, um, treating people the way you want to be treated. Um, it is, it's, it's tough. You know, there, there, there are moments, there are days out there that, that are challenging. I mean, I, I, I love every minute of it. I, I, you know, I really thrive off of, um, you know, those challenging situations, but, um, it, it means a lot to me. It really does. And, and the relationships that I have forged, um, you know, are, are a have gotten me to where I am today, but are also folks that I would just do anything for to, to help and at any moment. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's about caring and it's about helping others really at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, you can tell it comes, it comes across that uh, I'm, I'm sure your players and, and, all the employees that work for this tour uh, feel that as well. Now, as an Italian, I got to ask you, I'm yes. not Italian. My wife is. And she, I, I told am. her, I told, <laughs> I told her I was talking to you today and she said, you better start using your hands more often. Yes. Yeah. And, and so I, we're, uh, do you find yourself, so your, your parents are from Italy? They were, yes, they both passed, but both were born and raised in Italy and came to the United States um, to pursue uh, their careers. Does, do you find I, I, so my heritage is Irish a couple of generations sure. past, but um, I had to go explore it and figure it out. But I, I find myself really pulling for the Irish guys if I'm watching yeah. on tour. Seamus Power came through the Corn Ferry tour. I'm a big fan of his now. Um, do you find yourself doing that too? Is it just you can't get like the countrymen out of yourself? Do you find yourself pulling for the, the Italians that are trying to make their way on tour? 
I don't know. There's, I don't think we have any Italians yeah. on the ferry tour. You just got the Molinari brothers. I, I, we need to, I need to, you know, where, where's the first tea in Italy going? I mean, maybe I need, that's, maybe that's my next act. I might need to uh, go. work on player development out of, from the homeland. But that, that explains most of them are, are getting in the kitchen and, and their yeah. excellence is oh, around there. Yeah. Maybe not the golf course. Um, that's so cool. Uh, one last question before we go to our 19th soul, which I'm not letting you out of here. Okay. 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 Uh, some of the um, talk and chatter around the upstart tours. I think people have been talking about that and it seems like it's starting to fade in the distance. Um you know, hopefully, but I wanted to ask you, like, it just occurred to me as we were sitting down this morning that, you know, with the, the failed attempts to get the world's best is, was it ever a concern of the rising talent, you know, looking elsewhere, or was it really just, you know, there's no one that can really do what you guys have done for that, that pathway, that road that has been built to the biggest stage. Yeah. You know what, Matt? I'm so focused on running our business. We are in a position of strength right now. We are positioned to, to grow more in the next 10 years than we ever have. Um, I'm here to provide that access and that opportunity for our players. And my job is to continue to provide that to the absolute best of my ability. Um, we have extraordinary support from Commissioner Monaghan, you know, all the way through the organization. Um, every department at the tour is advocating and supporting our efforts, whether it's from the scoring side, whether it's from the media side, the communications team, again, the economy team. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm focused on, on our job um, and our opportunity. And, and you know what? I'm more excited than I've ever been uh, to see the talent that's coming through. And, and we're, we're operating from a really um, solid position of strength. Yeah. I, it's, I, it was, you guys do, do what you do well. And it's been... Uh, clear when I talked to the, the guests we've had on the yeah. show, the KFT players, that, uh, that that's where it's at. Um, the 19th soul. Okay. All right. I'm a little so nervous. I, <laughs> don't be, <laughs> you can't, there's no wrong answers. We adapted 35 questions uh, from Marcel Proust, the French novelist and one of the most influential authors of the 20th century. He, his questions attempted to reveal the truest nature of an individual. Our questions attempt to reveal the soul of the golfer. Cause I know you play. I know you're mm -hmm. a player at yeah. heart. Alex, are you ready for the 19th soul? Yes. Hole number one, when and where were you the happiest as a golfer? During COVID, um, my son, Max, and I, who's 11, um, he's now 12, but would play nine holes every Friday. And I loved every minute of it, just the two of us. That's awesome. Hole number two, what's the scariest golf shot? Fairway wood. Just, Fairway wood. It's my demon. It's my demon. I can't hit that forward. Number three, what is your go-to order at the halfway house? Okay. So I've never been there, but I've been told that Fisher's Island has a peanut butter, banana, and bacon sandwich. Did you know that? I, I've, I've heard these, these folklore tales. I've not been. I've not been, but I think that would be, you know, that, that, that <laughs> would be fantastic. That would take it. Number four, what is the trait you most deplore in your golf game? I get so nervous. Me too. <laughs> Number five, what is the trait you most deplore in other golfers? Slow play. Number six, what is the quality you most look for in a playing partner? Just someone who's going to be gracious and welcoming and make you feel great out there and, and, and have a good time. 
Number seven, what words or phrases do you most overuse on the golf course? You know, good shot. Good shot. Good shot. It's a great shot. <laughs> it starts to become one word over time because if you're playing, especially some of the players that you probably play with, you're saying yeah. it a lot. The other one is bite. I'm always like, bite. <laughs> Number eight, what golfing talent would you most want to have? Killer short game. Number nine, what is your most treasured golf possession? I, this one's hard. I don't, I, I, I just, there's, I, I don't know. I don't know that I have an answer for that. I'm sorry. I, 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 I feel, yeah, I don't have an answer for that one. You don't put it into material things, it seems. You, you put no. it into relationships. Number 10, what's the one thing in your golf bag you should throw out? There's probably a lot of junk in there that I don't even know about. Yeah. It's just this time of year, right? Ugh. It's kind of skipping back. It's the old golf ball. I mean, just the random golf balls. and uh, Yeah. Uh, number 11, what is your favorite job or occupation at the golf course? So I absolutely, I, I truly value our rules officials um, and, you know, setting up in placements, car setup. Um, I, I find that to be one of the most fascinating aspects of tournament golf um, and, and being out here. And I, I truly admire that. And, and that's just an occupation I feel is just really interesting. We, we don't, we haven't gotten that one very often, but you're right, man. The, the amount of variables they have to think about and take into account and adjust on a daily basis. It's, um, there's some organized guys and gals that, that do that job. So thoughtful and it's so precise and it is, and, and, and sometimes it's sort of like, well, you know, let's see how this plays out. Right. Like it's, yep. it's wild setting up a golf course with our rules team. And if Matt, if you, during Chicago, during, uh, during our, um, NV five, love to have you out. You should go. It's really cool. I would, I would love to do that. Love that. Uh, number 12, have you ever asked another golfer for their autograph? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, I did a lot of work with Jason day and we took a great picture together that I still have in my office and I asked him to sign it for me. That's cool. Number 13, what historical golf figure do you most relate to? I, you know, I, um, I, I would only say this in the sense that the significance of Tiger and my career, just being kind of, again, as I said, I started at IMG in 94. I was in the golf division starting in 96 and just really, that was such an iconic part and moment and defining part to my career and, and, and where we are as an industry today. So uh, it, it's more of just kind of, he, he's, he, he really is the reason why I, I do what I do. I, I, that timing, I, it, it just dawned crazy. on me that I was thinking just 90s growth in general. I forgot about just Tiger Effect. That must have been wild. Wild. So wild. Uh, number 14, what is your greatest golf regret? I play more. I mean, we all want to play more. I yeah. just wish I could play more. And Yeah. Number 15, what is your favorite golf book or movie? The greatest game, uh, the Francis we met, um, that, that being from, you know, the time we've spent in Massachusetts, um, the greatest game we've ever played, that, that would be my. And we'll, they'll, we'll be back at uh, Brookline. Brookline this year. And is there, is, there my, is it right? There's an exemption for 
uh, Corn Ferry Tours into the U.S. Open? Is that next year starts. In starts next year. Okay, I, yeah, I remember yeah. reading about that. Yeah, very excited. Uh, number sixteen, and this is a preferential question. Uh, some people don't enjoy listening to music on the golf course, and we fully respect that. But if you had one song to listen to on the golf course for the rest of your life, what would that song be? Uh, Sweet Emotion, Aerosmith. <laughs> Very good. And that gets, that gets everybody in the good, good vibes, right? Good swings. Number 17, if you were to die, this one is a bit heady. If you were to die and come back <laughs> as a golfer or a golf thing, so you could be a golfer or a golf thing, what or who would you be? Oof. Uh, that I can't. I, wow. Can I come back to that? Sure. We'll ask, ask you. But the, the, the last one, so we're on 18. We'll, we'll circle back to the uh, reincarnation part. Oh, the reincarnation. Oh, <laughs> wow. Number um, 18. This one is typically easier. If you had a motto, maybe you do. What would it be? Uh, I'm going to take a daily stoic memento more, right? Like just live life. Memento more. I, I that, very well done. I love that, that thought. I, I had it on my desk for a little while, actually. Very good thought. Ryan holiday. Uh, can you explain for, yeah. Can you explain for those that don't know memento more? Just, you know, live life. You only live once, right? Like no regrets in, in just, be bold, be confident, and, and live your life. That, that's the perfect place to end this, this episode. However, we'll return to reincarnation. Did you think of it yet? You want to be a golf rake? Do you want to be a ball washer? Or anything? Um, okay. Uh, we, uh, I, yeah, no, I, I don't know. I, that, I'm sorry. I'm going to leave you unfulfilled on that one. We're, Memento Mori was perfect. Alex, thank you so much for joining us on The Bag Job. This was really enlightening. I, I, I learned a lot today about the Corn Ferry Tour, things I didn't know. And um, for our members who maybe want to also engage more with the Corn Ferry Tour, uh, we do have a lot of folks in Chicago going out to the MV5 Invitational. Yeah. But uh, where else should they, they go to, to get plugged in? So this week we're um, in Huntsville. We'll be next week. We've got the Simmons Bank Open played at the Grove. Uh, in Knoxville, we'll be at Holston Hills, which is the um, Visit Knoxville Open. Uh, great event. We've got the Advent Health uh, Championship in Kansas City. Uh, it's just it's there's a great lineup. Uh, the next couple of weeks, you've got opportunities to to watch Corn Ferry Tour. You know, Kansas City, Chicago, Portland, Maine. We'll be in Colorado. We've got the Ascendant uh, Championship uh, with um, a TPC Colorado, which is again, another fantastic event. So really excited. Really excited. Great season ahead. Much to look forward to. Well, Alex, thanks again and have a great rest of the day. Thank you. Great to meet you, Matt. Today's episode of The Bag Drop was brought to you by our partners, Golf Blueprint, Journeyman Distillery, True Temper, and this May's NB5 Invitational. The NB5 Invitational presented by Old National Bank will return to the Glen Club in Glenview, Illinois on May 26th through 29th. To purchase tickets, volunteer, or find more information, visit nb5invitational.com. And if you're a member of New Club, remember to check the deadlines for upcoming member events, the Hangout and the Rumble in Chicago, and the Brood and the Hooch in Atlanta.